Moses and the CIA? I'm Moses, Ken Mosesian. And like my ancestor, I'm all about training individuals, teams, and companies how to lead. Now, I've joined forces with the CIA. I'm Dan Crum, known as the CIA. And I can help you win your best deal every time through my sales training, the CIA method. Join us as we talk about topics of life and business from two unique perspectives. Hello, Ken. How are you this evening? Daniel, I have never been better. How are you, my friend? I am excellent. So the world is melting in ice, but we are talking about work-life balance. Ken, why don't you kick us off and tell us what this is all about? Yeah, this is this is going to be a great topic tonight. It's a great conversation, and we hear that term so much, but sometimes it just gets driven home. And the past month, it did for me. One of my dear friends was hospitalized. Um, it's in his early forties. He had a ruptured um, esophagus, and he had. Uh, a collapsed lung, and he contracted COVID-19 while hospitalized. He contracted pneumonia while hospitalized. Had three major thoracic surgeries while hospital. He's got three little little kids, wife, and for the first couple of weeks, there's a real question as to whether or not he would live. And he just got home yesterday, thankfully, and is is on. It's going to be a long, long road back on the road to recovery. And so when we talk about, you know, some people work-life balance, uh, I'm a little bit of a stickler for for verbs with work-life harmony, knowing that things will never be in perfect equilibrium. And that's what balance lies to me. When we talk about a harmonious, a balanced life, it, it can seem sort of academic, and this made it so very real, like what matters, what counts. And Dan, I think what I really wanted to hit on tonight was how we can take this kind of a message into our workplace, whether you're back in an office, but we bring this in so that we create more of a sense of oneness between who are uh, at home and who we are at work. What do you think, sir? Well, I'm very sad to hear that story. And I'm not trying to be a one-upper because my story does not compare, but it relates really well to um, somebody that's more of an acquaintance than a friend, but somebody that I met and have kept up with, who is also around 40 years old, has a couple children and um, out of the blue, had some stomach pains, ended up having cancer. Um, is working through it right now with chemo. And I don't know the prognosis, but it doesn't look really promising. Um, and this person, I'll say, by all outside appearances, and I don't know much about the details of his, in, like other parts of his life, appears to have a very balanced life, like uh, works for himself and does things a certain way and really try to deal with this in a uh, holistic way, um, you know, more like Eastern medicine and meditation and, Whole Foods and things like that, which which I'm a big proponent of. Yet 
he wasn't getting better. So he had to go to the more traditional medicine and get chemo and things like that. At any rate, um, to me, when I see that it's a wake up call for me, it's a wake up call. It's more of like a question that gets asked of, um, and and not to push like maybe to be clear, but 0% blame on anything that person did to create those circumstances. The same, I think you'd say for the person you're referring to, but at the same time, to realize or be, or be reminded of the fact that we're not promised tomorrow. So if we have this day today, what are we doing with this day? And is what we're doing with today something that we would do if we realized tomorrow that was it, right? And I think that's ultimately if I had a broad ranging question of like, what is work-life balance or what is the proper amount of time you should spend pursuing your, your dreams or your career and how much time you should spend enjoying life or being with family or friends. Um, there's clearly no right answer, right? It's subjective, but I think that wake up call or that reminder of, man, it's so easy to get caught up in our routines and to get caught up in that cliche but like absolutely true thing for all businesses, which is grow, 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 get bigger, 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 right? And uh, we get caught up in the the whirlwind of that and how quickly we can forget that's like we've let other things go and we're very unbalanced because we've put all our eggs usually in the career or uh, business basket, let's say. So I'll stay with the medical for a second because I think it's pretty important. Um, 20, 22 years of my mind. And he had this amazing surgeon. He was a, a ash surgeon in Vietnam. He uh, was a surgeon in a really small town, uh, but literally the only surgeon they could find in a hundred who would perform this particular type of procedure she needed for her pancreatic cancer. It was five operations in one. And was a success. She lived another two years. Pancreatic cancer has a survival rate of zero. I think it's four or five years. So we were just really grateful to have her for an extra two years with us. Um, he had pushed and worked hard all his life, served this country, done everything. He finally thought it's time to retire now, and he did. And within nine months, he was diagnosed with stage four cancer and died shortly thereafter. And you know that the, the the we can go into all the tragedy that's why so that he would have lived his life any differently and so it's not about like oh if he just would have taken more time it's not about that um but it is about the appreciate that we have on the journey and so maybe for him the kind of work that healing work was so part of who he was that there's no way he would have traded that for anything else. And maybe he lived from that place of appreciation and gratitude that he had that incredible gift as a surgeon to be able to do that and give the gift of life to people. Uh, and I wonder, Dan, as we're talking tonight, like if this really comes down to are we, are we taking on each day from a place of appreciation or taking it on from a place of competition and a place of, like I said, how big can we go, how fast we get there. And then once we're there, is it ever big enough? Is there anything as it's enough? 
Like there, there's there's actually a theological concept that relates to this inness. Like, do we ever get to that point where we just say, yeah, great, right where it's at, and have to keep strong. And one other thing, just for consideration tonight, and that's in that language of like, it's always about pursuit. It's always like it's a race. We get after stuff. We crush stuff. We, you know, we're, we're always running. Wonder if a change the way we conceptualize and talk about things, but at least internally reset ourselves. So I heard a sales manager this past week talk about um, the month of February, and they were talking about hitting their numbers. And um, they were saying, we had a great January and we were above our projections, but February so far has been really slow. Guys, we need to pick it up. We need to pick it up. Like we need to push harder, right? And think that hearing those words and hearing the word push, right? It's it's like we're coming from a place where we're creating undue stress in our lives. So again, with zero blame for people who have health problems or for people who die after they work, stop working or any of the things that end up happening from a health perspective, um, I think it can't go without like realizing that stress is a huge health risk for people. And oftentimes we are creating stress in our lives from the push, right? From uh, maybe we're doing something we love, but are we pushing? Are we pushing to the point where we're, we're literally creating stress in our body, right? So how could we possibly have, we'll call the balance question of like, when I'm supposed to be relaxing or I go on vacation or I spend time in leisure or with family or friends, have I pushed, have I tipped over the point at which like, I'm always this like stress ball of a person, right? Because when I'm in that area of life, when I'm in the work area of life, am I pushing myself too hard? And am I accepting the pressure that comes from above? Whatever level I'm at, am I accepting that there are shareholders, right? Or there are investors, or we're a public company, or like we're not the owner or CEO, and it pushes down the ranks, like grow, 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 bigger, 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 bigger. And there's not an appreciation for exactly what the topic is. There's not an appreciation for it. it's like, but we're humans. And the moment we push too much, we we break, right? We push, we push past or we tip over into the point of like, oh, like, right? We create stress. And uh, so I'd say like the one big thing for people, it's funny that this topic is what we're talking about. I watched a video today and it sounds a little bit like an infomercial, but it was about a kid who had, he worked on Wall Street, had this really great job and was talking about this exact thing. He was like, I was so stressed. I was having all these, talked about how he had like a lazy eye and he had like a twitch in his shoulder and he was creating all this stuff through stress, like literally stress induced like physical ailments were being created just because he said, I was so miserable. I did not want to go to my job. I made a great money. It's what I thought I wanted to do, but I was just like, I was creating all this stress. And um, he ended up leaving and going to do something else. And he pursued something else. And then fast forward X number of years later, he was doing quite well in a completely different area of life. I think that to me would be like my first piece of advice for anybody listening would be, if you realize that in your job, 
in your career, you have created or you've accepted the pressure and pushed yourself over and have created a stressful environment, I don't believe it's possible for you to then enjoy your leisure or be a good dad or be a good husband or be whatever other roles you want to take on because we have to, we have to maintain um, stress-free is impossible, but a more like equilibrium of like consistency in our lives, right? So whether it's work, whether it's leisure, whether it's time with friends or family, the ability to, to stay in this, this middle ground of like, I give my best, but I don't push past the comfort zone into something else. I, I, would, I would encourage people to think about language that they're using, that they're imposing themselves, and language that they're using on the people that they're supervising or managing. And as you're talking about push, Dan, all I could see this guy trying to shove a rock up a hill. And you can't stop. If you, if you let this off for even a second, the rock's going to roll back down over you and crush you. You're not going to crush it. It's going to crush you. And so, to your point, of course, when you're taking a weekend away or just at home with your spouse or your kids in the evening or at home alone in the evening if you're single, there's no way to actually because you always have that imagery in your mind. So I'd say, which pay attention to pushing and think instead. And I, I've always been struck by this. Years ago, someone talked to me about inspiration versus motivation, the difference between the two. That motivation is, you know, like that drill sergeant standing behind you, you to get a hill. Maybe at times that's necessary. Something's due at a particular time. There's an emergency or a crisis going on. Inspiration is the flip of that. You're up at the top of the hill and you're looking down and saying to people, I want you up here with me because the view is so magnificent. People are inspired on their own to make the journey up there. The journey becomes a joy. Because what they're doing is fulfilling for them. It's not something that they're being forced or compelled to do. So examine language. Think about how you talk about the goals that you need to achieve. Think about the kind of language you use with your downline, this more traditional hierarchical language. But think about that and think the way that you can centralize all of this for yourself. The vocabulary you use in your day-to-day work life that could this kind of undue stress on you that's going to result in physical manifestations and that ultimately is going to productivity, not improve it. And I've probably told this story in a previous podcast, but I'll repeat it. It's a story of a, a businessman who goes uh, out with like a boat captain and he goes on this little fishing adventure and... Um, he asked the boat captain, he said, is this your boat? And he says, yes. And he said, how long have you been doing this? And he said, like 20 years. And he said, oh, you, is this your only boat? And he said, yep, it's my only boat. And he said, why haven't you gotten other boats? And he said, no, I'm just happy with this boat. This is good. And so he starts to think in his business mind and he thinks like, oh, you know what you should do? You should uh, find other good boat people you trust. And maybe you could like buy their boats and let them keep running them. And then you could eventually have like a whole fleet of boats. And then he talks about all these like ways and you could get and you could take the fish and you could run them through a factory and da, da, da. And then he keeps fast forwarding all these like business plans, like moving forward. And he's like, and then what, and then what, and then what, and then we get to the end of the story. And he's like, and then 
you could just relax and enjoy your life like on your boat. And he's like, that's already what I do, right? Like, why would I go through all those steps to get to the end of this journey to simply have what I have? And I think that's, um, often see this with everybody who's sick with the term push is pushing for something really hard is I often think they like give up when they're an inch away, when they're an inch away from exactly what they wanted. Right. But it's also, they're like, I think they can be blind how close they are to what they really want because they're looking like way up that mountaintop that you said, right? Like their, their vision so far away that they don't see that what they really want is right here in front of them. And they could, they could just stop right there. Um, I was telling Ken before we started about a businessman who left the big company, went off on his own. And, uh, he was at a little bit of a crossroads because he said, I don't know, should I be hiring employees or should I stay just an independent guy on my own? And I think that's a really solid and fair question. Um, and it's to each their own, right? Each person has to make that decision of, are you at the place right now exactly where you want to be? Or are you, do you want to grow for what reason? Is it, do you want more money? What do you want to do with that more money? Do you want, are you competing with other people who have also started their own business and went off on their own? Like, what would be the reason for growth? Not just to grow, but like, you know, like, are you actually where you want to be? Like, are you already that guy on the boat with the one boat? And it's like, that's where I want to end up. You may already be there. You might be an inch away, but to be able to recognize when we see things so far away, but sometimes it's like, we don't need to go through this whole long journey and this long process to get where we want to be. Sometimes it's right there, ready and available to us. And I'll make this kind of final statement on my end, which is um, if those of you who are curious, the first month that I spend with anybody uh, when I work with them is all about emotional management. And the first tool that I teach everybody is what something's called a reset and it's free and it's available right on my website. You can check it out on dancrum.com. You go under coaching or under hypnosis you'll see a video and the video is a five minute video just walks you through how to reset. And I use the term reset. It's no different than if you reset a computer, what do you do? You like restart it, right? Or you unplug it, you plug it back in. I think that's what a lot of people, that's the first lesson I teach people. Cause I think that's the place everybody needs to start. If you feel that you've tipped over the edge, you've pushed too hard, you're living in this stress environment. I really think you need to start by just resetting, feeling what it's like to get out of that stress get back to neutral first and then back at neutral, then you can start making some more clear-headed decisions about what do you do next? Maybe realizing that you're an inch away or you're right where you want to be. And maybe you have to, you could stop pushing for that top of the mountain when you're really happy right here at the place you're already at on the journey. So we've talked about this before too. We come from similar places, sometimes with different terminology. And in my coaching work, I talk about breakdowns and declaring a breakdown with no negative connotation around it, just so that it can be a complete stop so that we can produce a breakthrough. And it's a chance to stop, full stop, and evaluate. And that's why I, I, I like that term. It seems to resonate with people. If something is broken down, we stop, we assess, we look, and then we proceed in a way that's conscious. And in a way that we really desire to, not because it's always been done that way, or someone told you you had to do it that way, or you once heard that that's how it had to go. And the the advice both Dan are offering is is similar in that you've got to just take a moment to to stop where you're at, take stock of what's going on around you, appreciate already here. Given tomorrow is not given. 
And this literally may be it. Can you just for a moment be appreciative of where you're at? Can you just for a moment be appreciative appreciative of what have and like revel in that? Just let that be enough. And then if we're lucky to wake up tomorrow, there's a new day and a new opportunity and a new, a, a, a new adventure for us. But for now, can we just let it be enough? For now, can we appreciate what we have and take the time to look around, particularly at people like our family, our friends, all the things that really make life sweet? So I think in summary, I think Ken and I are saying the same thing, like you said, with different terminology. So it's almost like hitting rock bottom, breaking down, resetting, starting over to get that like fresh perspective, to just like get out of that stress that you're in. And then from that place, you can create balance because you get to design it the way you want, right? Like true work-life balance is by choice. It's not by something that just happens that you have free time and you try to fill in some balance into the free time you have. It's designing your life and designing your schedule on your terms. And I think it has to start with some sort of breakdown, with some sort of reset. So then you could have that breakthrough that can get you to see things clearly and then decide where you go from here. And then you can design and create a life, a work-life balance that truly works for you. Thank you for listening. To learn more, check out MosesInTheCIA.com. To learn more about Ken Mosesian, check out Mosesian.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, check out DanCrum.com.